Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. Welcome to the fifth of our weekly podcast for practice managers. This is a recording of the webinar run on the 29th of April. We'll start with Lisa on some flu. That's a very good idea, Lisa. Thank okay. you. So, so we're just talking about the, the normal um, flu programme for this coming year. And it was really, I think, just two, two elements that um, both public health teams asked us to flag up across Hampshire, Isle of Wight, Dorset and BSW. And there were two elements, both to make sure that practices have ordered the correct flu vaccinations for their relevant groups, i.e. particularly the over 65s and the under 65s. But I think there was also um, a little bit of concern from public health um, who think that potentially this year, because of the COVID pandemic, the uptake of the flu vaccination might be higher than we would normally anticipate. So I think they're just asking practices to bear in mind that actually they they may may need a little more than they would generally anticipate. Um, Difficult to to tell, but I think they're they're thinking that they may get a higher demand than normal. And I see that Helene is just connecting with us. So she may want to add further, but I think those are the two elements. And Dawn, are you happy to just recap on the two vaccines that practices should have ordered and what they'll be reimbursed for? Yes, sure. Hello there. Hi, everybody. Um, For the over 65s, um, the recommendation from the JCVI was to use the ATIV. Um, The QIVC was also um, mentioned as suitable. However, Public Health England have been clear that they're not going to reimburse QIVC for the over 65s unless ATIV um, became unavailable. They are expecting people to order the ATIV. That is the one that they're looking to reimburse for the over 65s. QIVC for under 65s at risk, that's fine, but the over 65s, it's the ATIV. I think there's a query coming in, Lisa, about if we order more, we'll, we'll be reimbursed for those not used. It's the, it's the reimbursement that's a problem. And I think that's a difficult one. I think that's whether you can negotiate something with the suppliers. Um, but I don't know that, that Public public Health England are not going to guarantee anything. So I think that's down to negotiation, probably, unfortunately. OK, and if everybody's got any further queries on that, what do they, is there any suggestion that they do or their whole fire? Is there more information coming out? Is that, What would you suggest? I think the deadline is the end of this month. So I think the pressure is on in terms of orders, unfortunately. That, that's why we've been contacted by public health. I mean, I was told categorically that those orders had to be in by the 30th tomorrow. So um, I don't know if there's going to be any um, delay on that. I think we might need to get something out with the actual order line on. Okay. Um, okay. I think we'll we'll go back to sort of schedule as it was. We've got 117 of you on the call now, which is absolutely fantastic. So, Carol, are you all right now to do a little update for us? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, no problem at all. Hi, everybody. So, I think rather than um, ramble on about the stuff you already know, which is all the stuff around the fact that yet again the peak hasn't happened, yet again we're still. Um, looking at a possible peak, but nothing like it was going to be um, uh, sometime sort of early to mid-May. 
Um, we're getting the hospital daily sit reps, which are showing that whilst the ITUs tend to be fairly busy, they are not overwhelmed. There are plenty of spare beds all over the country um, and certainly across Wessex. So, um, you know, the hospitals are starting to talk now about um, what we're calling the displaced patients. And, and we've got those as well in primary care, which I'll, I'll, I'll talk about towards the end of this. I just want to cover a few little bits and bobs um, that keep coming up just to make sure that everybody is, is clear. So the first thing um, that um, has come up is a question around we've got some patients stuck in foreign countries. If we give them advice over the phone or if we do a video consultation with them, if anything goes wrong, are we still indemnified? The answer is yes. Providing the stuff that you're talking to them about is part of what would be your normal GMS, PMS, APMS contract, you are indemnified through CNSGP. So um, I know, I mean, I think one of our practice managers is, is or, or operations managers is stuck in New Zealand. <laughs> stuck <laughs> i wouldn't mind would you anyway um but but any any advice you're giving to your patients your registered patients abroad you're covered okay that's number one um number two is we are still we know getting problems around uh, referrals to secondary care um i think those of you who listened to the nhs england webinar last thursday will have heard nikki kanani say quite clearly that the process is that you send your referrals as usual to secondary care and if they can't see that patient and this is one of the displacements again then um they will hold the referral and it's not your responsibility and you don't have to hold it we were expecting a letter to come from Simon Stevens, and we're still being promised it this week. Um, I'm slightly nervous about what the holdup is. I'm slightly nervous that they're going to um, tamper with what we've been told. But at the moment, our understanding is you send off your referrals as usual, secondary care hold them if they can't see the patient. There is another option, though, and we're going back many years here, but it was always a very good system where a GP, if they just wanted some advice and guidance and wanted to know what they should be doing with a particular patient, they could ring that consultant. That has been opened up again. It seems that the consultants are happy to give advice and guidance. So if you get a chance um, to do it like that, then do do it like that. And it'll and it'll stop having um, piles and piles of referrals when we when we start to come out of the lockdown. Um, next thing I wanted to mention, very popular, is bank holiday, 8th of May. We understand that some CCGs have had letters from NHS England telling them in no uncertain terms that Friday, the 8th of May, is now a business as usual, normal working day. However, they have also been told that it's up to them, that is the CCGs, to make local arrangements with their practices and their PCNs and their whole systems about how to handle it. So in fact, not every practice will need to be open on Friday the 8th of May. Not every practice will have to provide a service at all. We know some CCGs are saying, well, we're just going to rely on our out of hours or our urgent care service because they managed over Easter and we believe they'll manage over May as well. Obviously, everybody will be keeping an eye on the 
daily sit reps about that to see what's happening. But so if you're in any doubt, go through your PCN and then go to your CCG to find out what, what the expectation is. Uh, next thing I wanted to talk to you about is we have just had sight of um, a, a new standard operating procedure in terms of end of life care in care homes. And um, finally, there is a realisation that medication is being wasted, it's um, being thrown away because the rules and regulations don't allow for reuse. This SOP allows for reuse of medicines in care homes. So we'll put that, won't we, Dawn, on our website so that um, you can have a look at that and see if it what it means for you. Hopefully, it will reduce the need for more and more prescriptions um, coming through. So, so that's good news. Um, next one I wanted to talk to you about, as you know, we're, we're being involved with the return of GPs and nurses and AHPs and the increases. So people like retained doctors who are willing to do more than their uh, maximum four sessions a week. Um, we, we've been asked on occasion where a, a, a returner or an increaser GP actually wants to do that work in practice. And I know I've said to you before, Absolutely fine, not a problem, providing you can justify it if you want to claim for the funding under the COVID-19 fund. But we're having a few problems with DBSs. Now, we can put them through on the 24-hour fast track, um, which is free for those returners if they need one. But you must put on the form GP hyphen COVID-19 hyphen emergency practitioner. You can't just put general practitioner. If you put that, we don't get the fast track and we get charged. So please make sure it's GP, COVID-19, and then emergency practitioner. That way we should get them through. Um, and, and the staff in the office will stop nagging me about it. And that would be very welcome. The last thing I wanted to mention to you is I think we've heard all these, uh, we, we used to in schools hear about the three R's, well, I think we've got about the five R's, we've got recovery, rebuilding, resetting, restoring. Well, my favourite um, that I heard yesterday in Wiltshire, I think was revive and thrive. So lots of people are starting to talk about the lifting of the lockdown. We know right now we don't meet any of the five um, uh, rules for lifting that lockdown and we also know government are talking about it um, every day and they're likely to make an announcement on the 7th of May. In the meantime we also know that hospitals are not as busy as they expected to be at this point in time and some practices also are not as busy. So there's some talk now about how we manage that and how we manage what we call the displaced patients. So those patients who are not presenting because a either they're nervous about presenting into a practice or into a hospital, um, but also some of the routine stuff around some of the reviews. And there's lots of talk going on about how that could be done. Is there something that can be done by video um, and uh, or telephone, you know, where it doesn't need a natural blood test and, and things like that. So we know practices and PCNs and hospitals are starting to talk about that. But at the same time, everybody's talking about when we do come out of this, let's not waste this crisis 
by reverting back to our norms because some of the stuff that's coming out of this uh, is absolutely phenomenal. The way the transformations happen, the way you've all collaborated, the way our system partners and other stakeholders are working with us. So there's a huge amount of work going on around that. And I'm sure lots and lots of best practice will come out of it and lots of um, realization that actually we can change and we can do it really, really well. Um, I think that's probably about all I wanted to talk to you about, because I know Louise is going to mention something around um, resources and presumably the podcasts and the GP webinars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, Michelle, you wanted to talk um, a little bit first about staff and annual leave and shielding. Yeah. So we have had a query in um, before the webinar asking us to answer it on it. So um, the question was, are there any more details uh, regarding annual leave for both staff working and shielding? Is there a document that practices can refer to? So still answer yet. There's something on the Gov.uk website. And we also, also added it onto our COVID pages on our website. So in essence, what it's saying is that if there are members of staff who are working and shielding, they still will approve holiday, obviously, and that if they haven't taken it, they can carry over four weeks of annual leave for over two years. So it ensures that members of staff don't lose their holiday. But have a look on our website. Are you able to add in the link to the chat so people can click on it and have a look? But it does enable workers to carry over four weeks of their holiday over a two-year period. Thank you, Michelle. I don't know if anybody else struggled to hear that a little bit. I didn't. Uh, the sound wasn't pretty distinct for me, but we'll certainly make sure on the FAQs that we make it crystal clear and where the link is. That was really helpful. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah, um, I, I had I had a few problems hearing you, Michelle. So so I got distracted and went back onto the Q and As. Um, um, would you like me to just go through those um, because they're 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 all um, relating to um, some of the stuff that I've just spoken about so yeah, do count. Yes, um, please. the uh, the one about the reimbursement to practices for opening over Easter bank holidays was um, 37 pence a patient um, and I've been asked was that a national agreement actually that's slightly more than the national agreement um, the uh, BMA have actually issued a template um, Dawn I can't remember have we actually put that on the website that it, it shows the breakdown of, of um, what you can claim for each portion yeah, the BMA one is on there. Yeah, I'll find the link for you. We can put that in the FAQs okay, as well. That would be good if we can do that. Yeah, that would be helpful. Um, the uh, Another one about bank holidays. So, um, again, uh, if practices do open over on the May bank holiday because they're asked to by their CCG, then they will get reimbursed. If you open because you feel you want to open and the CCG hasn't agreed that that's necessary, then it is likely you won't get paid. And that's why <laughs> I'm saying please talk to your CCGs about that. Um, the one about referrals in uh, a certain part of the North of the Catch, I think as soon as they get that trust letter, we'll be A for away again. Um, I think they need to keep going. Nigel's told them that, that Trusts have to accept referrals. Um, we keep telling them. We keep bugging the BMA to, to make NHS England get that letter out to trust. We were told about it in primary care, which is a first, being told first. 
Um, so we're hoping that something will come very soon. Carol, can I just add, there seem, we've had, I've had a, a couple of queries, particularly from Swindon, that seem to be a lot of bouncing referrals. Is there anything particularly we can do with the Great Western Hospital there to help help practices? Yeah, I will. I, I've got that on my list. I will talk to GWH um, in particular. We do have some uh, pretty good contacts there, so I will take that on to do. Okay, lovely. And just one other question that came in about VAT. Um, are we able to are practice able to claim VAT back on any of their COVID nineteen claims? Do we do we know? Well, I think that's one for the accountants. I mean, if if you if you have to pay VAT on something and you are VAT registered, then I would imagine you you should be able to claim it. But that's my understanding. But I'm not an accountant. I think uh, I think I'd pose that question to to my own accountant. Okay. And one question that I think Lisa's answered, but was I think might be one of other, is testing. Um, people being asked for testing and they're told their GPs can organise it and know all about it. Um, what would you suggest people do, Carol? Have you got any ideas? It's, it's, the testing at the moment is not for um, uh, patients. It is for health or key worker staff and their families so that key workers can continue to work they are the priority. And again, those tests, I believe at the moment, um, they were going through CCGs. I think there is going to be um, a self-referral, but I think you will have to, you, you give an appointment, you have to prove that you're a key worker. So it isn't necessarily for patients, but I believe there's going to be more stuff on the um, uh, webinar tomorrow night from NHS England. So we'll keep an eye on that and we'll put some more information out as soon as we're aware of it. <coughs> That's really helpful. Thank you. Um, Helene, are you able to come in? We know you've done some fantastic work supporting the nurses. Just explain a little bit about what you're doing. That would be helpful. Um, hello, everyone. We put together, well, back, into, back in March, the RCGP put together a RAG rating document about prioritising patients. Um, and there was nothing available for nurses. And so we've developed a document which really mimics the, R, the RCGP BMA RAG rating, but it sort of expands on that really and tries to make them think and encourage them how they could do things differently. Um, and we've also linked that to some national guidelines. In addition to that, we've um, looked at, because some of the questions that have come through is that, you know, we don't have that many people in general practice at the moment currently. Um, our nurses don't have very much to do. Certainly that's what some practices are saying. So we're also trying to sort of take it the next stage to look at how you can plan for the next few weeks and few months. So that's the second part of the document. It's um, been very well received. In fact, it's gone nationally. We've had some very positive feedback. Um, and it is on our website, and I'm sure that um, uh, Dawn probably will add, she's adding things all the time, I can see, she will add a link so you can have a look at. the. It did go out in the nurse's letter last week, so hopefully they will have a copy of it. We're doing it as a flip book because obviously things change all the time and we are updating it on a regular basis. The other thing we're working on at the moment, um, and hopefully it'll be finalised today or tomorrow, is we've had a lot of requests about the use of PPE for home visits. Um, and again, we've um, two practices have come up with some fantastic document which we've adapted, and that should be going out today as well. Thank you, Helene. That's really helpful. Um, just a couple of other questions are coming in, also about testing. I don't know whether Helene, you feel you're able to, or, or maybe Carol or Lisa. Um, GP surgeries in Wales are doing testing. Is there any suggestion that GP surgeries in England might be doing this in the future? Have you heard any rumours that that might be the case? 
I certainly haven't heard any, but, uh, you know, when they're looking at um, trying to do 100,000 tests a day, I can't imagine that the current capacity would be able to continue with that. But we're not hearing anything. We're seeing lots of pop up type tent type um, arrangements where people do it as a as a drive through. Personally, I think Costa's missed a, missed a trick there. They should have done that at the same time. You know, one hand out there. And one, anyway, um, that's just my entrepreneurial side coming out. But no, we've heard nothing about it being transferred into general practice at this point in time. Okay, that's really helpful. Um, so we just have something. We've just heard the government are going to be asking us to provide metrics on availability of appointments and capacity on a daily basis, which sounds a bit onerous. Do you know of this announcement, or and have you got any further information? It sounds like it's very hot news at the moment. Is this is this the staff absence tracker? So this is um, Clive, uh, Clive Oliver has just said, we've just heard the government are going to be asking us to provide metrics on availability of appointments and substantive capacity on a daily basis. So I guess why and what, what they're going to do with the information. Yeah, I, 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 to be honest, Clive, I've not heard that one put in that way. I mean, I, I had a good look at the staff absence tracker. Is it not staff that, absence? Yeah, but, not staff um, absence. But that also said about your capacity. It also said about, you know, what 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 are you short of? So I don't know if it, if it would translate into that. I'm not, Michelle, Lisa, I'm not hearing anything on that. Have you heard something? In some, I have heard in one area, um, there's also something in the SOP, so the primary care SOP, that talks about daily information from practices. And I wonder if it's something relating to that that the local area is trying to set up. So they've got um, regular pieces of information. It could be that. I've not heard of a national... Um, no, and to be honest, Michelle, I, I would have thought, I mean, just thinking off the top of my head as I do, um, I wouldn't have thought daily number of appointments is actually a worthwhile piece of data um what 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 does it mean it doesn't mean anything does it so if if that does come if anything comes out on that anywhere please come to us let us have a look at it and and we will take it up with the uh, whoever's asking for it because it it just seems that sounds pointless to me but maybe i maybe i don't know enough about it to to okay. uh, work it out but please yeah let us know yeah, and, and that, you know, we just encourage people to give us that sort of feedback because it's very useful for us to keep abreast of what's happening out there and we don't aren't always told directly. Lisa, I think you wanted to come in? Um, I don't have the detail, but just to say, I, I took a call from one of um, the CCGs this morning around the daily sit reps that the Hampshire and Isle of Wight STP are asking their practices to submit, I believe, from tomorrow. And I think they're asking them to submit them by 10 o'clock in the morning because then they have to feed them through so that they can collate all the primary secondary care data. Um, so I know the, the turnaround time is quite tight. However, they did reassure me that it, it, there wasn't significant amounts of data that were being asked for, and that if there was a, a no change position for a practice, they would just be asked to submit a nil return. So I don't know if it's that, but I was okay. reassured that, that, that it wasn't going to be significant. I think it isn't sit rep from what the chat's going on, but I think we'll probably move on from that at the moment because I think it sounds like there's obviously things are changing and people are being asked for different things, probably in different areas. Then we have the more information we have, we might be able to say a little bit more about that um, next week if yeah, that's helpful. Um, just one thing that hot sites aren't terribly busy. Do we think they're going to carry on? Um, yes, we yes. do. Um, because we, you know, the predictions are still there. They're, they're still saying we haven't reached the peak. 
Um, you know, I mean, it's good that we haven't and that, so that the whole of the health service can cope. But yes, we believe. Did you want to say something about that, Helene? Um, no, I was just about to say, yes, I think they will um, remain. One of the challenges we're going to have as we work forward, obviously, the workload in general practice will increase. We'll also have those patients um, who have, you know, sadly, COVID coming back into the system, probably with complex needs and prob you know, problems that will be there for quite some time, which will need quite a lot of coordinated and, and skilled intensive care. So I think they will. I think it'll be interesting to see as well what the plan will be going forward for managing flu um, and, and where, you know, will that go to a cold site? Will that go back to individual practice? I don't know. But I, I think we're not out of the crisis yet. I think it will persist for some months. So I think, as Carol says, the red sites will um, will continue. And we were talking actually to our management team this morning about the flu um, uh, this year. And uh, I think everybody has sort of jokingly said we need some sort of flu pandemic to get the numbers up. Um, we think this might have done it. So again, when you're you know looking at the numbers you've ordered for flu, is it worth revisiting? Because something like this does tend to get to the public and they start to think, well, how am I going to protect myself? And if flu is going to be, you know, part of protecting my, getting the flu jabs, part of protecting myself, it may well be that there will be a higher demand this year. Interesting. Thank you, Carol. And can I just say a little bit about the resources and the support that um, that we're, we're producing at the moment? So at the, we've gone to all our current trainers, um, or a lot of our current trainers, and we've actually recorded them um, giving their PowerPoint presentations of information like red flags, that sort of thing, and an update on immunizations. So that's free resources available online for you to have a look at and for your team to have a look at. We do know sometimes you are absolutely manic and you don't know how to, where to turn, you've got, you're so busy, but some people have got more time on their hands than they might have had. So that's something that might be useful for you as we go forward. Um, currently, our April and May events, face-to-face -face events have all been cancelled, but going forward, we're looking at probably the face-to-face -face events June and July also, but how we can replace those with webinars, live webinars or recordings or something so we can impart the information because we know education is going to look very different going forward. So we are looking at alternatives for that. Some of your GPs, in fact, 350 of our GPs around our patch joined into the GP webinar on Monday afternoon, which was uh, very successful. Um, Andrew Bishop from um, Basingstoke Hospital was talking as one of the medical directors from secondary care, um, as was Simone Newell. I'm one of the Dorset GPs about PCNs and Laura Edwards is talking about um, death and the, the issues surrounding um, GPs and how they're handling them, death certificates, that sort of thing. So that will be going up on our website. We're having a few technical problems with getting that recording up on our website, but we will be doing that. And that will be coming out via an email from Nigel, hopefully later on today. There's a um, big support page on our website for COVID-19. There's all sorts of stuff out there, it's sort of apps and coaching for in, um, members of primary care. So please have a look at that. If it's overwhelming and you don't know where to turn and don't know who to ask, please ask me um, via sort of louise.group.wessie.nmc's or 
send something in via the office. Um, if you find, look at the page and just think, well, I don't actually know where to start with that, because there is a lot out there, but we want to make sure you get the support that you need and your team need at the, at the time that's helpful for you. Um, and finally, we are still producing our podcasts. Um, so obviously this one, as we've been recording every other one that we've done of these webinars, will be going down as an audio podcast, and that will be on our audio podcast page. And we've also done others for some for practice managers, some for um, resi resilience for practice staff. Helene's done a good one for chatting with a nurse who's got the way forward to that, and there's others for GPs. So please keep an eye on that. We are trying to produce supportive um, educational resources that are in an easy to access format um, as we go forward. And if you think there'd be anything that would be particularly useful Useful, just please let us know and we can just put that into the mix. So I'll just have a look at any other particular questions. Um, I think one's just coming about social isolation. Yeah, and um, it's a sort of classic question I think we'll all be thinking about. If we're still socially isolating, how are we going to do the flu clinics? And it's just a sort of, a, it's the thinking differently, I guess. Um, yeah, I think it is, I think it is thinking differently. Um, you know, I'm not saying we should do this, but, you know, we've had discussions about how we sort of, to self-administer some um, uh, medication, including intramuscular injections. Not all that's possible, obviously. There's issues around dexterity and competency. Um, I, I think the other thing we have to be mindful of is should we should we develop eventually a vaccine for COVID? Um, that might be added to our workload as well and how that's going to be done um, and the frequency that's going to be done. So I think that's all things to consider. In fact, I'm going to into a call later on this afternoon um, with HEE looking at the future and the future role of sort of nurses and managing the workload and what that's going to look like. So hopefully I'll be able to feed something back on that. But you're absolutely right. Um, how it's going to be done, where it's going to be done and who's going to do it, I don't know. Um, is there anything anybody, um, Lisa, Michelle, Carol, is there anything else you'd like to add? Carol, it looks like you're coming back. Well, I'm just asking if, if there's any outstanding questions. I've, I've seen one up here that's saying on bank holiday working, 111 will not be filtering calls. So who will answer the phones? Well, again, that's a commissioning decision for your CCG. So if the CCG are wanting practices to open and you're, you can do it and you've got capacity, you will get paid extra. If, however... Um, your CCG is, is saying, right, well, we're going to commission um, this service. What's going to have to happen is there's going to have to be something, a message on the practice that gets it to where it needs to go. So, again, CCGs are working through this now. Um, it's not your responsibility. It's the CCG's responsibility. So they either commission it from you or elsewhere and then work with you as to how it has to happen. Okay, um, and just another one on flu. The big question is, will the flu supply come in in September? Have we heard anything about that? Is, is that wet finger exercise again every year, isn't it? I, I do know that, that some of the manufacturers are um, stepping up on their numbers because they're also expecting um, more orders to come in um, and certainly for, you know, uh, the, the reserve supplies that are there um, because they're not all being asked to manufacture whatever it is that we will get in the end for COVID. That will come later on after all the testing's been done. So um, I would I would hope they'll be on time this year. Um, 
who knows yeah i think one of the things as as we do this weekly webinar we can obviously say and if anything we hear we are sharing with the practices and we're very happy to do it um on in this format um and um yeah so the more anything we hear what we will share next week um but the trouble is the flu my experience the flu delays you know quite know until very very much nearer the time whether there's going to be a big drama um so that's always interesting so keep safe and we will um, speak to you next week thank you wessex lmc's supporting you and your practice <laughs>